Football. That's right. Can't believe it. And TJ Watt. Well, it ain't really Monday night, but Thursday night. It's Thursday night, but you know what? You have to get that in with Hank Williams Jr., not just the actual theme itself, right? Yeah. 22 helmets on the gridiron tonight. It's exciting. That's right. Hey, all I'm watching for is a good football game and some of the fantasy guys that I have. I have C.D. Lamb tonight, so I think I'm, and I'm playing Lars. So Ooh. I think Lars got uh, Godwin. Shocking. Ooh, Penn, Penn State, State guy. guy. There you and go. And he's got, I believe he has Tampa's defense, which is a good play. So okay. I'm two on one right now. So if I come out ahead on points, that'll be great. That's going to be good. The only person I have playing tonight is a defensive lineman, Vita Vey. I got this defensive player thing in my face. Oh, you're going to lead with defensive players? Yeah, I got Vita Vey playing. So I'm hey. looking for a couple sacks hey. out of him tonight. I, you know what? Coming out of college, that guy was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, well, he is fantastic, but I, I liked him coming out of college too. I mean, real strong. Isn't that? Uh, I think he's a, like Samoan descent yeah. or something. Those guys are just so strong and athletic. Oh yeah, Tyson Alulu is another one that comes oh, to mind. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, week one, we're finally here, and before we get into uh, the Blitz pickup, which is what we're here for, uh, a week one edition of Blitz pickup, I'm definitely. Uh, on a special release brew myself with a Southern Tier Ruby Red eight days a week. It is a special release beer. So what does that mean? I have no idea. It, it Actually, what it does mean is it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a blonde ale with grapefruit flavor. Ooh, almost like a Summer it, Shandy White Claw, but a Southern Tier twang. It, it is like a Summer Shandy in uh, the Laura's favorites of Latin Kugels. Because um, it's only 4.8%, but it is a very, very good beer. So... Uh, well, I got I got a fine pilsner right over here. It's a Miller Lite, so I'm going I'm going normal. You know, nothing you're, special. You're bringing the base offense today. Huh? I am. Yeah, I'm double. I'm I'm double fisted because I do have a water beside me too. So I am kind of you know pseudo double fisted. Well, hey, I just came from celebrations where I already put down two already for Taco Thursday. So um, this is this is a great one. So how many tacos did you eat? Uh, zero. I actually got a meatball hoagie. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was wow. really good. It was nice. really, really good. I had to split it with the wife because she really can't eat too much. Yeah. With that. So yeah, we picked up the uh, hoagie instead of the tacos. No so. pepperoni rolls either, huh? Yeah. Mushrooms and all that stuff, man. Yeah. Hey, so again, this is the week one episode of the Blitz Pickup here in the Berg Man Cave. And uh, first off, Fred, I, w- I like to give a, a, you a toast. And everybody else, listeners, as you know, last week we hit 500 downloads. Woo-hoo! So thank, thank you, everybody, for who's tuned in. Hopefully, it's there's 500 more coming very quickly. But we're glad that you guys are enjoying these episodes as much as we are recording them. Um, TJ Watt. Big money. Big money. How about that? Four years, $112 million with $80 million to sign. Wow. That is fantastic. He deserves every penny. Your thoughts? What kind of car do you think he's going to buy? Oh, I don't know. Ferrari, Lamborghini, SUV? What do you think? Buy a, second, buy a third or fourth home? Whew. He could probably buy, buy all of Swickley, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he could. He could. 
You build the biggest house in Pittsburgh if you wanted to. Yeah. And you know what the what the best story about it is? You saw, I think, Adam Schefter tweeted out that uh, he overruled his agents because they were still trying to squeeze more money, and he actually just walked into Mr. Rooney's office and gave him a handshake and said, you have a deal. Yeah. I got to get to work. Like, how much is too much, right? So he's already the highest paid player. Like, how much of more of a margin did you want? You're a million dollars above Bosa per year. And... I mean, he had all the leverage, if you think about it, too. And the Steelers also had to get that deal done because they have to set a precedent for Minka. We're going to do this again with Minka next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm just happy he's done. He is the best defensive player in the NFL, not named Aaron Donald. Um, I mean, they're two different players, so mm-hmm. you really can't say. They're one on one a in my opinion. Yeah. So just happy that it's done and we can move on. Yeah, to focus on the season and, you know, get better every week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's interesting because you mentioned Aaron Donald. So Aaron Donald – his contract year sat out the entire preseason just like T.J. Watt, and he won NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And that's something T.J. should have won the last two years. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I would hope that the guy wins it because uh, he deserves it, and I'm sure he'll ball out this year too. So, But, hey, week one, we've got a very tough opponent in the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think the Steelers are going to be – it's a tough It's a tough draw week one for the Steelers mm-hmm. because of what, they, um, what they're bringing to week one. Before we get into some of our things that we're looking for or some of the key points of the game that we want to pick up, back a few episodes ago, I was talking about it might be a good time to catch Buffalo in week one because they don't have all their bearings. No no team really has all their bearings about them. Um, Going to kind of walk back on that a little bit. I'll kind of share share my thoughts of why, but initially, what are you looking at in week one versus Buffalo? Well, you know, it's a tough competition. They were really good last year. Didn't lose a lot of starters this year. I think bringing back, bring back the entire team, and that's that's a tough one. So the Steelers are about a six and a half point underdog on the road, which yes. makes about sense. A home dogs, you know, probably close to a touchdown. I guess the big thing, you know, kind of going through this is Ben didn't give us a lot of confidence about the team going into week one. His press conference on, on Tuesday and Wednesday Saying there's gonna be growing pains, we're, there's, you know, we're still learning, and so it kind of is like setting the table, like you're setting your expectations kind of below yeah. where they may have been, you know, two months, three months ago. Yeah, I agree, and actually, that's where I want to start with the first thing I want to want everybody to pick up uh, this week is the offensive growing pains. Ben's right. The only reason is because it's a new offense, even for him. Now, growing pains does not necessarily mean failure. It might mean a bad play here and there. But you're used to calling, like Ben said, even if it's something you're used to calling it, I don't know, rock, a rock and tree blitz pickup, and now it's called grass and sand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just picking out words out of thin air here. That can get mixed up to where if you call it a rock and tree in the second quarter, people could you go, wait, what are you talking about? Oh, wait, timeout, timeout. Or they may get the wrong read or the wrong cue and they run the wrong route, things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are the growing pains I think Ben was talking about, and I do think we need to expect that. Which is my first thing to pick up on the offensive thing is Matt Canada's effect. You know, Shansky's favorite offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Um <laughs> We all, you know what he's known for, right? Mm-hmm. All the pre-snap yeah. motions. I Which think it, that's a given. But there wasn't a lot in the preseason of that. that there that, wasn't. No, there, there wasn't. He's probably hiding it and everything, waiting for the season to start. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think he is. I mean, again, if anybody can go back and look at his college tape, there's going to be some similarities there. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, you can only do so much. But what I'm thinking is going to be a bigger effect is the personnel groupings. Okay? The personnel groupings with the pre-snap because you're going to hide a lot of formations and you're going to want a pre-snap motion into a, a, a formation 
and snap the ball before the defense can make any type of adjustments, especially if it's any coverage adjustments, rolling to a strength or away from a strength, depending on player personnel. Who's your weak side player? Mm-hmm. Um, which I believe gets into a first topic I want you to weigh on because it's one of your boys, and I got him in my fantasy league too. Another one is 12 personnel. One back, two tight ends, which I believe is going to be the Steelers' base personnel. Where are they going to use Fryermuth? Because obviously he's shown his, in that very brief time with Ben, he's shown what he's going to be able to do this year. How are they going to use those two tight ends? So, I mean, any particular thoughts on what you, how, I mean, obviously you've watched him a lot in college. You know his strengths as well as anybody. How do you think they can utilize him, or especially that 12 person? Well, I think it'd be more like a lot more delay releases for him in terms of, you know, because you know, he's a better blocker than Ebron. So, right, so right. if he can hold the linebacker for, you know, maybe two two seconds, then kind of go on, on, on a short mm-hmm. post pattern, go onto the flat and catch something, uh, maybe, on, maybe on a bootleg, right? Yeah. So they can do a bootleg and he can come up across the field. Um, I think you'll see that's that's because that's more his strength than Ebron, and it's interesting on the depth, depth chart that he listed, you know, Tomlin issued them or listed them as one and one A. Right. That's so, the reason I brought that up yeah. because I do think that Frymuth is oh, obviously he's the twenty twenty two starter, but how are they going to utilize him here when you have that other like tight end threat, even though he's more of the receiving threat, um, and the segue into that blocking because I knew he was a good blocker coming in. And I heard, you know, my, my boy Pat Kerwin, you know, he even said uh, on yesterday when we were doing like kind of the whole reviews and everything, mm-hmm. he said even before he came out, before he got drafted the Steelers, he said he reminded him of Heath Miller, which we could only hope he could even be close yeah. to that player here. And then we got another stud tight end. But you brought up a great point in how I think they're going to utilize Firemouth. And it's, I think, point two where I think um, our listeners should be able to pick up. He's going to be blocking a lot. He's going to be helping out. Dan Moore, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that blocking is because we have two rookies starting on the offensive line. That's unheard of. Now, I don't think it's we had to start these guys. I believe they came in and took the damn job, especially Dan Moore. You heard Tomlin say that he – not that they were surprised about how, how about his ceiling. They say his floor was a lot higher than they thought it would be mm. or thought it was going to be. Good scouting. Very good scouting. So, And if you remember – when we did, uh, I believe the, I can't remember what episode we did, when we talked about uh, the draft and reviewed it, and I was listening to a few scouts just saying that any other year, Dan Moore might have been a second-round tackle. It was just so deep this year. He just slid off of, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had any injuries or nothing, but I want people to pick up these two rookies and how they're playing. I think Green's probably going to get pushed back a little bit on the pass protection, but I think you can scheme that. Mm-hmm. A rollout, shotgun, quick what do you think? You, what would you expect out of these two rookies? Because again, unprecedented two rookies are starting. Well, you hope you know when they get in third and long situations, where they'll have they'll happen to have that during the game at some point. Is that you don't see, you know, the D end or you know, or the the blitzing linebacker do one of their trademark swim moves and you know bye bye Dan Moore, and then like two right. seconds later Ben's getting crushed and then getting right. hurt. So those are the biggest things. You know, kind of watching those blind side hits where he can't see them coming on a third and long where there's you know there's limited pass protection or maybe they move the running back to the left side. Mm-hmm. Of Ben, and that way he can kind of, you know, his first read will be the outside edge rush before he kind of, you know, moves yeah. in. Yeah, you're right. I think they definitely need to stay out of third and long. I mean, it's, it's inevitable it's going to happen sometime mm-hmm. during the game because Buffalo is just a great team, but limit those opportunities. Um, and you can also, you can't scheme too much out of a third and long and such, but there's such a diverse group of receivers, and even with Najee's versatility. 
that you can do a few things that could slow the pass pass rush down. One of them, obviously, is run the dang ball. But even just from a, a personnel, because you can get guys to walk out. You can get, and if it spreads the defense out, you could do those quick slants for five yards in the air that can go for 20 yards mm-hmm. if Dan Moore is struggling. And then you just live to see another day. I mean, you're not going to go up and down the field on Buffalo's defense. But you try to do some things to minimize those 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 third and Well, it'd be like uh, you know, like last year, right? So they're doing these dink and dunk passes because they can't run the ball. And at some point, you got to run the ball. So maybe you can run like you know, quick you know, you know, tosses on, on a on a four wide formation yeah. when the defense is spread out and have just kind of beat one person to get you know positive yards, you know, versus running these two tight end sets or three tight end sets or maybe you know maybe even looking at Derek Watt because they were saying you know there'd be a lot more fullback usage this year. Yeah. So maybe you know maybe they'll bring him in. And go to high formation and run just to kind of see if they get the momentum going. You know, try it out and see how the offensive line can do with an extra blocker in the backfield. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that's just goes along with again with those personnel groupings because they have a very, very diverse group of skill set players. Um, you think about it, Claypool is your deep threat. Juju is your ever, little bit of everything. Um, possession receiver, even though he can go deep, and then Deontay is your gadget guy who could do it. And you still have Washington, who's a really good football mm-hmm. player. Plus the tight ends. Plus, yeah, then we didn't get to the two tight ends. They didn't even get to Najee. I mean, yeah. the, the amount of playmakers they have is unreal. So I think you should be able to pick up what personnel groupings there are. Again, I'm not going to show everything game one. But they're obviously holding things back. And I'm very curious to see what receivers are on the field together. Is it more Juju and Claypool? Is it Claypool and Deontay and then Juju and Washington? Who is in the trip set and who's the backside guy alone, you mm-hmm. know? Who would, and again, obviously, it depends on you got Tredavious White for Buffalo, who's going to be the number one quarter. Who does he match up on? Who do they think is is their, is the Steelers' top threat? Yeah, it's going to be hard to get the ball on him because he is really good. And, you know, that's one of those players you just got to, you know. You do. Run, yeah, but, run them deep out of the play and then kind of run people under, roll them under, under, under yeah, coverage. Yeah, you, you limit their shots and you don't know if they're going to ever, you're going to catch them in a, in, a, in a cover three or something like that. We're going to be off a little bit and then you can get them, maybe get a quick bubble screen. And But you can also bait them on. You can run these kind of routes, these kind of routes, and build off these route concepts, and maybe he can bite because he's, he's ultra-aggressive, so you might mm-hmm. be able to get him there. So Yeah. The size yeah. of Claypool would be a good matchup for him because get Ben could throw the ball high, and Claypool would just go up and get it, and, you know, and mm-hmm. Wayne can't do that. No, 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 not as good, I think, as Claypool. I think he still needs to grow a little bit in how to use his body to his advantage, but that just comes with playing. I mean, so. But yeah, those personnel groupings are interesting on, on offense. And another thing for, I think, for listeners to pick up in this game the defensive groupings, particularly in slot corner. If you listen to Tomlin's press conference this week, it was very interesting, and I thought it was kind of funny. And he even I forget what reporter was saying, and he's like, oh, you're a very astute uh, observer. Listen, he goes, I didn't put certain people in slot corners on purpose because I'm not showing my hand. So I'm curious to see because it's kind of by, by committee now. Yeah. Kind of disappointing that you know, Shakur Brown, the free agent pickup who was pretty high, he struggled a little bit in preseason. I heard, uh, and then uh, Brooks was hurt and got released, mm-hmm. but then he got picked up. Yeah. And rightfully so. I'm looking, they're saying Trey Norwood, who is, who is actually Minka Fitzpatrick's backup, the seventh-round rookie at Oklahoma, he might get some burn in the slot corner. You know, what are they going to put Cam Sutton in there? Because they got, Withers, was it Witherspoon, I believe? The guy from Seattle. The guy from yeah. Seattle. And then you also have Pierre, who played very well. So Cam might be your slot guy. Yeah, Pierre's um, got size. Imagine that kind of size in the slot. Yeah, and Witherspoon is this. Is I'm hoping I'm hoping that's it. I'm up to probably do some editing, I guess, if it's not. Yeah, look him up real quick. Cause oh. I want to make sure I'm saying this man's name right. But he's a big corner too. 
Yes, like six it, one, like two yeah, fifteen. Yeah, which again, which is big for corners. Uh, yeah, six one, six two. So that to me says that Cam Sutton is going to be probably your number one slot corner. But they may look at um, they may look at other people depending on personnel packages because there's not really anybody. Buffalo's running game doesn't scare you, but the quickness with with Josh Allen's obviously his legs scare you and his. Rifle of an arm scares you. Yeah, he's a big, he's a big individual. You got Stephon Diggs, and yeah, you got to worry about him. But you know, there's now the running backs aren't too bad. I mean, you know, they they were able, they were scat backs. They kind of you know good pass catching people mm-hmm. out of the backfield and get some yards. But Nicole Beasley's always you know threat yeah, on third he down. All, yeah, he's always that that chain mover. But yeah, Singletary is really good in a screen game. They're back, not necessarily between the tackles guys. Zach Moss is kind of him, but mm-hmm. Zach Moss and Singletary to me are kind of very they're very similar backs. Yeah, but they're definitely someone to look out for. I mean, what do you think about you know some of these defensive sub packages that you, that you could look at? Well, I think you know one of the things that'd be interesting to see how is um, Melvin Ingram and Highsmith. You know, mm-hmm. what's the rotation for edge rushers? Right. You know, is it because you know, Watt hasn't practiced? You know, you know he's conditioned, but he hasn't practiced. How's he going to do it with stamina? They said they, they may limit his plays. You know, in this game. So how do the outside linebackers do? How does the replacement for Stephon Tua do? Is there is there enough of it to kind of hold the edge there? Yeah. And that that way you don't get backs going, you know, outside, you know, and you know they're they're kind of be able to kind of build that wall to keep everything inside that they can feed them to the linebackers. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens and this year. But you know, it's you know the linebackers too, and we you know the new linebacker from Jacksonville, right? We got him, and we're going to see how he's calling the plays. We're going to see how that goes. Right. I mean, so there's a lot of like, you know, not only is there communication challenges on the offense, there are also communication challenges on the defense with some, you know, new signal caller, new DN, potentially new, you know, outside linebacker getting a lot of reps, new cornerback. I mean, there's, you know, there's, it's the first game that every team has this though. Right, they do. And I, I really think, I mean, Schobert, his, one of his strengths is the intellectual game. And he picks it up very, very well. And I think it does, like, I, I think I said this a few episodes ago as well, is I think it's a, it's a blessing for Devin Bush. Now, he could just go run and play. Mm-hmm. Not that Devin Bush couldn't call the plays. He is more than capable of doing that. But coming back off of ACL surgery himself, you know, he's still less than a year removed. Yeah. He it's just less thinking he has to do. Now, next year he may re reinherit the the signal calling. I don't know. Maybe he won't. Maybe there's different plans. But again, I, he's more than capable of calling the signals. But I think it's very advantageous for him just to be able to go run and hit mm-hmm. and let Schobert point, and then he could just use his athleticism and go. Yeah, it's wild. Um, I mean, two trades, you know, in the preseason to get two defensive starters, you know, for the team this year. Yeah, they, I mean, you think about it. With the, I'm assuming with going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah. yeah. And and warmly, I believe, is the gentleman's going to start for two and while mm-hmm. he's out the first two weeks. Isaiah Bugs will get some playing Isaiah time. Isaiah Bugs. So it's not like the guys don't know the defense, but to your point, they're not Stephon to it. That's where we're thankful we play someone like Buffalo who's not that big of a running threat. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were week one against Baltimore, well, whatever running backs they have healthy <laughs> anymore. But any type of who's a big running threat, the missing Stephon to it would be a huge, mm-hmm. huge disadvantage. But uh, I believe that they can contain that running game with whatever sub-package they have, especially if they can contain short passing games with Buffalo. Yeah, the bigger thing is making sure Josh Allen doesn't scramble and get 20 yards on And he's going to. I mean, that's the thing. He's going to. You know, he's my fancy quarterback, so he hopes he does it. Um, it's like I want the Steelers to win like 45-40. Josh Allen just but, no, I think because Josh Allen's one of those players, he's going to make plays. And so if, I don't think fans can't get upset when he runs for a 40-yard gain or he throws a 60-yard ball on a rope. That's him. It's going to happen against any NFL team. But if they can hold those big plays to a minimum, 
sustain some drives on offense. But those defensive packages, I think, are very interesting because there's so many new players. I'm just curious to see how they utilize them. So that slot corner along with the offensive groupings, I think, are two really big things to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you don't want you don't want your team peaking out. So you want your team to you want your team to look like Super Bowl ready week one, right? You want them peaking like after Thanksgiving. So you kind of want to be around 500, maybe a little bit above it. So you know, just kind of just kind of just you know ride the waves here the first couple weeks and see what happens because no team wins the Super Bowl on week one. No, no. Well, Cleveland won it in the off season, so. <laughs> Um, Baker Mayfield's on every commercial. He's like, you see him three times during a game, you know, goodness. for different uh, companies. Yeah, my goodness. Hey, so yeah, to your point about early in the season, no, you do not win the Super Bowl early in the year, but you know what you do get? Tiebreakers. There's a couple really big games. Now, we'll probably go look at this later if we do like our, um, when we do our week one kind of like setup show, maybe we'll do some picks and things like that. I actually don't think the Steers are going to win Sunday. I'm not picking them to win. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not picking them to win. However, I'm expecting them to win the next two and go to Green Bay two and one. But I think they just need to show well and that they know what they're doing offensively. But you, but if they could steal a game against them, right? You, you're talking about Buffalo, but you're talking about Denver, the Raiders. I'm sorry, the Raiders after that. Denver a little bit earlier in the year in October. Mm-hmm. These are games that... If you're a wild card, let's say, say if Cleveland does live up to the hype and they run off with this division, which they should, yeah. they still may not, but they, they got, should. They got touch. They got Chiefs week one, right? You're going. You need to beat teams like the Raiders, the Broncos, maybe the Bills. But I think the Bills will be. Well, maybe not because New England's going to be a lot better. But if they're in a division, you don't have to worry about them. But you're going to be some of these AFC games that the Steelers have early. These are tiebreakers that happen in November and December mm-hmm. that. Those must-win games are not necessarily must-wins because you're going to have game up on the Raiders, on the Broncos, and whoever. Yeah, um, win so, your conference games. Correct. Don't worry about the NFC so much. Worry about your conference. Correct, games. correct. So I think that's good. And th- I think the last thing I th- want to talk about what they, what I think the listeners want want to pick up, and we continue with this whole sub package thing. In, in my opinion, that's the linebacker rotation. I think you, you already hit on this because Highsmith is out with a groin a little bit right now. I don't know if they're holding him out so he can play, or, but. Thank goodness for, you know, Jameer Jones, barbecue and foot massage Jones, who just came out and, t- and took the job away from my uh, draft sleeper, which was Quincy Roche, yeah. who got, you saw how good he, because he got picked up in like three minutes by the Giants, but Jones beat him out, and I'm glad that, um, and he deserves his spot, but he's been playing like a beast, so how many snaps is he going to get? Week one, just because Highsmith is a little dinged up. Yeah, Melvin Ingram looked really good in the preseason. I mean, for a guy just come over this year, sign kind of just a little bit later in the process. I mean, you know, there's not really a playbook for an edge rusher on a third down pass rushing specialist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, where are they gonna put him? Where are they gonna flip him? You know, where are they gonna run strong? So they're gonna you know kind of aid that that edge rusher with maybe a safety or a cornerback mm-hmm. coming in on, on a uh, on a blitz, and depending on who they put in a slot corner. Yeah, again, by our point, you know, it's nice if you look at the depth chart. Melvin Ingram is backing up both TJ and Highsmith. So he can go. He can go on both sides. And if you look in his back in his Charger days, this where I'm really curious about this this linebacker sub package. He played inside in the dime, or in the nickel. He played inside mm-hmm. linebacker. He's very versatile. And that got to thinking. I mean, this is also before the Schobert trade because I don't think Schobert really comes off the field. Maybe on certain things he does, but you could have T.J. Highsmith, Bush, and Ingram as your four linebackers in a nickel and be able to blitz. I mean, that is scary. Yeah, speed. Scary. Quickness. 
with one of the best, if not the best, safety back there, a veteran corner, a young, a upcoming superstar, or not superstar, but it's not a good player in, in Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. I call Willie Gay the second. I mean, he reminds <laughs> me of Willie Gay. He was just a solid, solid player. But what linebacker rotation did they use, whether it's in the nickel or in the base? I mean, because that Ingram can go both sides, and we'll see what Jameer Jones, yeah. barbecue, foot massage, Jones hey, can do. How many snaps they get? I'll be, be watching that, you know, definitely, because they all of them, you know, why hasn't played much, and, you know, you said the year point high Smith, so, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. These are the, the things that you, you wouldn't see going to the game. You kind of watch the game, but then, like, now you can kind of think about this. So this is a good way to kind of make the, you know, make, make the game more, like, strategic to see what they're doing. And, right. And it kind of gives you an idea what the coaches feel with the certain players and everything during practice. And Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, even though we're, we're, we're sitting here on a, on a Sunday morning, I know we're recording this a few days prior, but, you know, releasing this on a Sunday morning, kind of like your own little little pregame for everybody. But if, you, if anybody out there actually thinks of anything that we miss, or please give us your thoughts, um, or give us your thoughts during the week. Hit us up on the Facebook or on Twitter. Give us some thoughts that what you guys want to see or what you guys are thinking of we should be looking out for or picking up, so to say, in, in maybe week two. Um, but we'll see. And I'll just leave everybody with this. Win or lose, relax. Yeah. I don't care if it's 51 nothing we lose or if we win 51 nothing. Relax. Okay? It's week one. Yeah. It, we're, we're talking about a, a, a perennial playoff team. They're comp- if it's a good game, especially if it's like we lose 24-21, really relax. Yeah. It's called we just lost a heavyweight fight week one. This is the longest NFL season on record. That is correct. I do. I fully expect. I mean, we'll see where we're after three games, but we'll see. But um, I think that's you know that's what I want to pick up. It's it's picking up these offensive and these offensive defensive groupings. How are they going to utilize the team? That's what we're looking for. So, any parting words there? Flash yeah, I'm just excited for football being back. Excited to kind of see you know how the new team look, how the rookies play, and yes. all the all the all the free agents and. You know, you know how your team played last year, but it's always looking looking forward to seeing the new faces and what what they do and how they contribute to the team. That's right. Uh, week one. All right. Well, hey, with that with that thought for Flash Flood Freddy, it's your boy Dudek. We're out of here for the Blitz pickup in week one. We'll see you next Sunday on for week two of the Blitz pickup and obviously other episodes throughout the week. So, cheers, go Steelers. Take care. Here we go.